broadcasting live. Weekday morning, this is listener-supported One Radio Network. Well, very pleasant uh, good morning to you. This is Patrick Timpone. It is the 2nd of May, 2023. Sorry, we were out of commission on our website the last 24 hours, almost 24 hours. And my geek uh, tech guy assured me it was the Russians. So we're all feeling better about that. Uh, phone lines are still out. Mercury must be in retrograde. So the way to communicate this morning is email patrick at oneradionetwork.com. Adam Bergstrom will be here at 12.30 in an hour and a half because uh, we were out of commission yesterday, as I say, on the website. It was just a server thing, but uh, they have it repaired. So first up this morning is a fun guy who we love talking to. He's... Um, he doesn't care what he says. That's one of the reasons why, you know, why we like Tom Luongo. He's the editor-in-chief and the uh, cook and bottle washer at Gold, Goats, and Guns. If you're a Patriot uh, a member of uh, Tom's, as I am, you get a couple videos a week and all kinds of fun information so you can uh, know where to put your money if you want to invest it and become rich like Warren Buffett. Good morning, Tom. How are you? <laughs> How are you? Good morning. I want to be like Warren when I grow up, you know? It's like... Uh, yeah, yeah, well, when I grow up, um, I'll, I'll just be... I'll, I'll be happy with, you know, the... I'll be happy with the guy who owns the local bank. Like, I, I don't need to be Buffett. Yeah. Like, you know. His, so. his partner, Charlie, is 99. He just eats candy. And, you know, he's just going strong. It's amazing. It's just amazing. Uh, it's amazing what spite will do for you. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Tom is also a proud father of some uh, new pups. Um, he didn't follow yeah. the one dog rule as they as they do at Davos, but so um, Kamina had a handful. Had a handful. Yeah, she had because she had a nice she had a nice um, uh, litter. My uh, my guardian dog. She's my yard dog. Yeah. Guards the ducks and and is my therapy dog. Uh, <laughs> and then I have two dogs out in the field working the goats. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kamina's two and a half. It was time for her to add to the local stock of livestock guardian dogs necessary to keep our food supply here in Florida safe. chugging along. That's what they're for. Yeah, safe so, and effective. A nice litter of seven pups, and, and uh, so far so good. And how many were those of, will you keep then? How many were those? Of- I will probably keep one because my older dog, which would be the grandmother to these, because I have her son and we bred her son I see. to Kamina, who's not part of the, any of these bloodlines. And then, but Daisy is now 12 and she's losing her teeth and she's, you know, going blind and she's not really working anymore. Um, So Daisy needs to be replaced and we'll keep one of the girls. When you have a guard dog do, I've always thought about it because I had chickens, I could have used them because they, you know, foxes and hawks killed them all. Yes. Um, Do you you really treat them like a regular part of the family even though they're out there working? How does that work? Well, they... They see it that way. Mm. See, they're the the guard dogs, the, the livestock guardian dogs, which are completely different than almost every other type of dog you're yes. you're used to. You're used to with dogs with strong prey drives. What we've done with these dogs is we up their nurturing drive and we've suppressed their prey drive. The only prey drive they have is the to defend that which they consider their path. These dogs have such strong nurturing drives that whatever you expose them to during their critical bonding period, which is between three and six months of age, that's what they'll fall in love with. That's who becomes their pack and that's who they defend against everything up to and including bears. Really? 
Wow. So, yeah, no, these dogs are serious. Like, Great Pyrenees, there are many, like the U.S. Geological Service, I've heard this before, the U.S. Geological Service takes a pair of Great Pyrenees out when they're doing work in, like, Yellowstone to keep off the, to keep the bears off. Is like, right? These dogs work in pairs. They know what they're doing. And so, if you have livestock, you can train them to chickens, you can train them to goats, you can train them to anything. Hmm. But it's important that you do so when they're young. Kamina is... She's a duck and person dog. She's she's deathly afraid of the goat. So she's never even spent five <laughs> minutes out in the pasture. And that's the way that'll be. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rotate her into the pasture when Daisy goes. She was always brought here to be the dog to take mm-hmm. care of the ducks and to be the good and to be the yard dog. She was Interesting. you know, when we got her, that's what we did with her. So we'll now take one of her daughters and when she's old and when when the when she's old enough, we'll put her out with Goober, the dad, until she's six months old. Then we'll go get her spade so that there's no one-eyed little, you know, we don't have any one-eyed pups. And then those two will, and then, you know, father and daughter will work the stock from there on out. But we'll put her out for uh-huh. six weeks in a, in a, in a, in a, uh, in a closed environment, you know, in a closure where she'll fall in love with the goats. So she'll have her own little area so that she's away from the goats. She's next to them. And this is how you train them to, to chickens as well. You just take the you just take the dog and put them in the chicken run, you know, in a little area for themselves for a couple of weeks, while the chickens get used to the dog and the dog gets used to the chickens, and then hmm. they take and then everything takes care of itself after that. What, That's what, all you have to do. What kind of uh, so. predators do you have? Do you have foxes, uh, owls? Um, I have everything. everything. I have foxes, weasels, raccoons. Wow. Coyotes. I have it. I have it all. I live in North Florida. Life is everywhere and everything is trying to kill. And it's Florida. So they, all of Florida is trying to kill you all the time and steal all your food and, you know, and mold and, and cause your house to, to fall down and mold and everything else. It's an incredibly aggressive environment. Yeah, yeah. And you can't keep any form of livestock out here. I live up next to a, a state park. Like, I, I you, know, you got a lot so of stuff coming in. Yeah. I, I, there are foxes like right over there. Like I'm on my back porch. I can, see the, the state park and the foxes are you know i know that the fox ends are you know a couple hundred feet from the back of my house mm-hmm. and so you can't keep um ducks or chickens or anything especially, they, especially chickens because they'll chickens, get eaten right yeah they i mean well chickens go to sleep and then they ro- and they roost wherever they can and even if you lock them up the raccoons will figure out how to get in <laughs> they'll open the locks and then you they'll know, actually they'll dig under i had one dig under the chicken coop one time just dig right oh, yeah. under there it's crazy oh yeah it's like you guys oh, are yeah. nuts man uh. oh no they're, they're they're amazing and i've and the and the raccoons at least will just go and like first they'll steal the eggs then they'll take a chicken <laughs> the weasels on the other hand will just go and kill a whole bunch of them because they get bloodlust and they kill like 12 of them and just then kill them. stuck them in a corner yeah. yeah and it's like and it's like you know it's like the scene out of a friggin hammer horror movie it's crazy <laughs> um so you know do you have any I'm gators sorry, around yeah. do you have any gators around no you don't have to worry about the gators are, are south are, yeah they're in the river and they're doing their thing and they're not terribly aggressive but i don't have anything like that borders yeah. up to my house i don't have you know riverfront land yeah. the state owns all the river yeah. tom Lalongo yeah. is here and now you got a feeling of what his life so uh the last video i saw of you you were talking to some guys and uh not sure who they were, some crypto guy. And you were like bullish on gold. I've never heard somebody so bullish on mm. gold. So, well, and then yeah, you, and I you're am talking long about, run. Yeah, I am. Yeah.
And you're talking about the treasury. Yeah. So I did the math. The the uh, the the stash allegedly that the United States has is eight thousand tons. Allegedly, that when's the last time they've been audited? I don't know. Not well. Okay. During the Trump administration, actually. Oh, did they? Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. All right, good. Mnuchin did it. Mnuchin went and did the dog and pony and said, "Yeah, oh, that's no, all there." And I believe it's all. There. Oh, do you think it's all? There? Okay. I'm not one of these guys that, that believes that the gold is gone. I don't buy that at all. Okay. I just think the gold has been used through uh, futures leasing to sure. to use the to, to manipulate the price of gold. But you know, possession is nine tenths of the law, and we have guns. Okay, all the gold is in Fort Knox. So, or so, at the Mariner. So, so say we have eight thousand tons. I did the math today, and I did eight thousand tons times. I gave them twenty five hundred. I, I I boosted sure. up five hundred bucks. That's only sure. eighty billion dollars worth of goods. It's not a lot of stuff. No, it's not. It's far more than. That. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. The Fed keeps it on their balance sheet at, at forty-two dollars and right. eleven. Okay, at forty-two twenty-two an ounce, which is eleven point zero four billion dollars. I know. I look at the H point four four one report every month. It's actually closer to, um, it's it's, it's actually closer to five hundred billion dollars. Doing the full math, but relative to the Fed's balance sheet, it's still very low as a percentage of the Fed's total balance sheet. Wait a minute. How did I screw up here? Oh, you know what I didn't do? Each each ton of gold is thirty-two thousand troy ounces, so I've yes. got to go thirty-two thousand times eight thousand thousand one hundred thirty-three point five tons. Oh man! So I screwed up. I missed one of the. I missed one of the. Uh, uh, one of the. So let's do that Very real quick. Very important steps. Yeah, yeah. thirty-two thousand one hundred, and then we're going to go times eight thousand tons, right? Eight thousand. Mm-hmm. Okay, then we're going to go yeah. e- equals um, 256,000 billion. Now we go 256,000 billion times 2,500, right? Uh, well, million times that, times 2,500. You'll wind up, yeah. You'll wind up with about $500 billion. Yeah. Oh, 642 billion. Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, do the math. So, that's, it's, you it's know, the, that's it's a, half a, billion dollars. So it's a yeah. half a trillion dollars, right? In gold, yeah. Okay, so Tom Lomongo, what do we do someday with this if everybody plays fair to make things better for us i don't really understand well, if we got half a trillion of gold here here's the here's the, the big question okay. right traditionally you know when a, when a, you know, look at what russia's been doing look at what the chinese have been doing look at what you know traditionally around 20 percent of m2 or 20 percent of the of the central bank's balance sheet in should be what they're targeting in terms of gold in terms of gold reserves once you get to about that number yeah you know in a in this fiat debt-based system hmm. i'm not saying and i'm not this is not a, a, a an endorsement of that system but once you get into that range hmm. that's when the central banks tend to okay we don't we have enough gold. when we have less than that that's when they they have a problem so let's look at the fed's balance sheet Fed's balance sheet is right around nine trillion dollars. But no, I looked at it this morning. Dollars. Yeah, 80, 85, I think something like that. Or eighty five hundred, right? Okay. Well, it topped out at nine, mm-hmm. so six hundred billion. Let's just round numbers here. Let's sure. make it easy. Um, so even though I probably could do the math in my head, um, <laughs> so nine thousand billion versus six hundred billion. Yeah. Um, what is that? That's two. That's um, that's like it's 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 less than ten percent. Okay. Like six and a half percent, right? It's uh, round numbers. It's six. It's six point six six percent of M two. So in order for 
we to, in order for the United States to get back to a 20% of M or you know, not even two, just of the Fed's balance sheet, then we're looking at at least a like one thing, two thing, one of two things has to happen. Fed's balance sheet needs to sink, hmm. right, by a lot, or in this case, you know, what's what's uh, around three trillion dollars, or hmm. the price of gold has to triple. And then what do you get if, if you got that ratio? Then then what what does that give you? As a, that's like seventy five hundred dollars. That's like seventy five hundred dollars an ounce. Yeah, right. We just did the math at twenty five hundred dollars an ounce. So at that number, you got to oh. go to seventy five hundred dollars an ounce. Oh. If, if the Fed's balance sheet doesn't doesn't fall significantly, you got to go between seven and seven seventy five hundred dollars an ounce. Right. And in a, in reality, you got to expect in a spasm, right? In a in a market where that's happening, gold will overshoot, and then correct. You know, because it will become a mania. It'll move to ten or twelve or thirteen thousand, and then settle at around seven. Wow! So, what does what does the Treasury do with that kind of stash? I mean, that that ratio. What does that get us? It sits on it. What is it? It just sits on it. It just creates a financial. Um, it just creates a financial. Uh, uh, you know, stash stability platform. But right? it's just a foundation on which you can you know deal with it. The Fed's balance sheet and the M2 supply is just, money supply is just too big relative to the pile of gold. Right, 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 right. So for, forgive me for a second. I, I do have to respond to this text by my, That's by right. my partner. We're with Tom Luongo. If you care to join us, uh, the only way to do it this morning, and the Russians also took down our phones. I, these guys are just crazy. Is Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. And we're going to talk about Ukraine and stuff uh, with uh, Mr. Luongo. I've got some notes here. And also BlackRock. We're going to bring BlackRock up and China and Zelensky and some other fun things. So um, let's get back. We'll get back to the gold. But what I keep seeing on the media everywhere, Mr. Luongo, is mm -hmm. all this talk about de-dollarization. So if we take the position, which I do, I may be wrong, that the dollar boys really run all the media, Right. Why are they? Well, why? Are, well, with, stay with me a second. Why would they be a, to be promoting this de-dollarization? What's what's their end game? What's their well? Davos's end game is to get rid of the dollar. To get rid and of the replace dollar. it with and get rid of it and replace it with in their mind either a digital euro or a digital IMF SDR or whatever you want. But they want the dollar destroyed. They the United States destroyed. They want our no no different than the Russians and the Chinese want us to stop engaging in aggressive dollar diplomacy using the dollar to enforce an imperial um, foreign policy and an, an imperial um, domestic policy right or, yeah yeah both right. so you know the u.s military plus the u.s dollar and the control over the financial markets are how the the western and i i, I and I, I this is important to make the distinction the western um uh, oligarchy maintains power. Okay. Now there are American forces that want a particular outcome and they want that empire for their reasons, for their own pur purposes. And then you have the European oligarchs who want to use the American dollar and or military for their purpose. This is very important that people realize that it is a big club and we ain't in it, but there are also fight. There are also factions within the club. With and, the, and we're at that point where, you know, we've reached the limit where 
the United States can take more debt onto their balance sheet without destroying the country. We don't have any balance sheet room on the balance sheet of the United States. Fed's balance sheet is too big. That we're $31 trillion in debt, yada, yada, yada. So we've reached that moment, right? And now, in order to put pressure on the United States to back off on the imperial edict of we will control the world through dollar hegemony, right? the rest of the world is saying, we'll just, you know, you've made it we'll, expensive we'll just use, to not, use dollars. Yeah. We're just going to start using our own stuff. We're not going to do it. And we produce all the commodities, and we'll figure out a way to settle up in gold or you know, even if it's digitized gold or whatever they're going to do. And that's why everybody is wanting to join the BRICS alliance. That's why people are, that's why so many countries are looking to Saudi Arabia, join up Iraq. with all of the, yes, yeah, yeah, all Saudi Arabia is one. Yeah. And, but it's not just the BRICS alliance. It's also the Shanghai Cooperation Organization as a, as a defense pact. It's the Eurasian Economic Union. It's the Asian Development Bank. They're building an entire parallel system to the post Bretton Woods era system that we have. The IMF, the World Bank, the UN, right. da, 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 all of that stuff. So just imagine that they're building all of that stuff, and they're going to settle outside of the dollar. Yes, with their own, their own whatever, uh, with their own SWIFT, their own version of SWIFT because SWIFT is just code. It's simple, and and then the Europeans are doing their level best to play possum here and say, "Oh no, we're the victims of just like everybody else. We're the victims of dollar diplomacy." No, no, that I disagree. <laughs> that's where I get angry because that's the that's the big freaking lie that everybody thinks they want to believe. Okay, why is this okay? important? So and, and and they're the ones helping along this narrative of de-dollarization. Okay, and they're the ones who are pushing Janet Yellen to say, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna default on the debt if we don't pass a clean debt ceiling raise." Oh, this is happening today. We're doing this right now. And the day after J.P. Morgan buys First Republic Bank to keep it from falling into the hands of BlackRock so that BlackRock can then, you know, be... I'll get into that in a second. Like, there was nothing wrong with First Republic Bank. Its balance sheet was fine. Like, got news for you. George Soros and company pulled a couple hundred billion dollars out of First Republic Bank and started a bank run. That's what happened. That's what they did, really. That's what they did. Guess what they're doing this morning? What? They're crashing every regional, major regional bank stock this morning, they're all down 25%. Pac West, Bank, U.S. Bank Corpus. Really? But they're all they're all down 25, 30% in the market. Today. It's a bloodbath. Go on Twitter. Uh, the, the big money boys are pulling their money out of these uh, regions? Yeah, I think that they're trying to create. A, look, tomorrow's the Whoa. FOMC. Wow. Wow. They want to raise, you know, while the Fed can't respond because the entire FOMC is in a blackout period before tomorrow's. So what a shock. Today, we get a big run on the, the regional banks, after they told us the regional banks are vulnerable and they've made this whole, I mean, I'm not saying that the regional banks aren't vulnerable, but like, come on, man. <laughs> Do you think that people aren't out there? Like you see it on zero hedge They're Oh, us five year CDS spreads have blown out to greater than where they were during the financial crisis of 2008. You don't think someone's putting their thumb on the scale of that? Oh. Like, really? Like, what was I born yesterday? What am I? 12? <laughs> What are you, 12? <laughs> what are you, 12? Yeah, it's, 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 it's Will Smith from Suicide Squad. What am yeah. I, 12? Give me another drink. Yeah, yeah what am like, I, 12? You know, right. It's like, like well, what am I, 12? No, I, I'm not, I, I live in the real world here. And the real world is that there are evil people that put their thumb on the scale of, uh, that put their thumbs on the scale of things because they control the friggin' megaphones. And then they say, oh, look, see, I was right. Oh, shit, you created the friggin' reality 
and then said, oh, I was right. Like you set the goal, you set everything in motion, and then you knock everything down. Gone. What are some of these regional banks that you're seeing this morning on May 2nd that are just getting bombed, Tom? What are some that we would recognize? What's that? What are some of these regional banks, the names we would recognize or would we? I, I, this morning, what am I looking at? Like PacWest, and USA West. Bank. Or, there's a whole slew of them this morning. Hold on for just a second. I'll, okay. Let me, yeah. put, let me find the, let me find the, the I just saw it. So PacWest Bank Corp, Western Alliance Bank, Metropolitan Bank, um, just a number of them. Like it, it's, just, it's the massive, massive run on all of these banks and i'm sure that somebody just said hey why don't we um buy a whole bunch of puts <laughs> against you know a particular regional bank etf in the united states and crash the prices like how hard is this so that's how they these like banks the all have etfs and you can probably pull some money out of these banks these banks all have the etfs these regional banks and you can just short the regional bank stock yeah ETFs. You, can just, you can short them that way you can short them through the etfs you can short them i mean Again, it's like I'm not saying that the regional, the smaller banks in the United States aren't vulnerable to this. They are. Hmm. Excuse me. That's what makes this such an interesting play. But you have to realize that it's also a manufactured reality. Because if you look at the deal that JP Morgan got to buy First Republic Bank, there was very little taxpayer money involved in this. Like, what, what did they really get? They got a $50 billion loan from the FDIC to cover, you know, to cover any potential shortfall. And they're going to pay it back. And that's only if there's stuff on First Republic Bank's balance sheet that Morgan didn't quite, you know, the consequences of. Okay? It's not a big deal. This is a major bank. And what do we have? $50 billion? The last time a big bank like Washington Mutual went down, in 2008, it touched off the entire banking sector. Yeah, yeah. Meltdown. Yeah. Okay? So First Republic Bank wasn't one of these big shadow banks where they were doing a whole bunch of off-balance sheet lending. I mean, so a lot of the major banks on Wall Street tried to shore it up by, by dumping money into it on during the initial stages and just kept going. Like, bank runs are a psychological process. Yes. Okay? And especially in today's you know, social media age, they're using social media by which, you know, to create bank runs and to create panic. And it's who, and always ask yourself benefits from the panic. You think that JP Morgan really wanted to buy First Republic Bank? No. What do they really want that business for? Unless there's a deeper issue here. And here's the deeper issue. I knew you'd get to Ready? <laughs> Ready? Here's, that's the, here's the fun that's one. That's why we I love you, Tom, because you got the I'm deeper issue. Lay, I'm just going to lay this one out for you, Patrick. Okay. Because it's always very interesting that the more that the more stuff happens, the more it's always, the, the, the more you can always find a through line. You know what that through line is? What? The San Francisco Fed. The San Francisco Fed. All of these Fed. banks are regulated under the auspices of the San Francisco Fed. They're all... California banks. Who was the head of the San Francisco Fed for years before she became Federal Reserve Chairman? Chairperson. Janet Yellen. Okay. Who sat on the board of Silicon Valley Bank before he became the head of the San Francisco Fed? Whatever his name was. That guy who's currently sitting on the, the San Francisco Fed has been a thorn in the side of the Federal Reserve System for 30 years while they allowed this this 
massive buildup. So you can make the argument here very quickly that this is a power struggle between who's in charge of the Federal Reserve policy, the San Francisco Fed or the all-powerful New York Fed. Because Morgan was represented represents the New York the Fed. The New York Fed, right. Exactly. Remember, all one big club until it ain't. <laughs> until, we, until you go after the money, right? <laughs> so ask me ask me why it was that JP Morgan Chase bought first was so instrumental in trying to save First Republic Bank at every stage of this going back to the early March. Then it comes out yesterday over the weekend that Bloomberg runs this story that BlackRock, no less than BlackRock themselves, made an offer for First Republic Bank. I'm going to say that again, and then I'm going to relight my cigar. <laughs> BlackRock, over the weekend, made an offer for First Republic Bank, and the Fed turned them down. Someone turned it down. Now, why did it get turned down? Did it, was this a, a way for, you know, for, you know, Don Finkleosi over there at BlackRock to uh, force Diamond to buy First Republic Bank at a slightly higher price than he originally wanted to pay? No. I wrote an article, well, I wrote it last week, but I finally remembered to publish it yesterday about BlackRock and Yellen wanting to push to make BlackRock a CFI, an SIFI. Oh, that's a, what is it called? How do we, that's a systemic important financial institution, right? Right, CFI, a systemically important financial institution. What does that mean? Which, which is a designation under Dodd-Frank, which would, which would increase the oversight of a particular financial institution. But in return, if they got into trouble, they would become a ward of the Treasury Department or the FDIC of Ooh. the U.S. government. Ooh. So for years, BlackRock has made the argument that since they don't use leverage, I wrote this in the article, yeah. that they don't use leverage and they're just an asset manager, that they shouldn't be regulated as a CP. But all of a sudden, Ms. Davos herself, the Secretary, Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, is now bringing up, hey, maybe we should make BlackRock a CP again. My argument is, very simple, BlackRock, I've been looking at BlackRock's balance sheet for a year and a half now going, if they have any dirt on their balance sheet whatsoever, this company is in serious trouble. BlackRock has a balance sheet and a shareholder equity of $38 billion. That's it. $38 billion is nothing. Yeah. This is the company that supposedly owns the world. Yeah, that's what they say. And they ran it all, and this whole big <laughs> empire that Larry Fink has built for himself rests on $38 billion of shareholder equity. Now, that's at best, that's what they reported. I go, I look through their balance sheet, I see all sorts of stuff that I, I look at and I go, well, that's a black box. Black. That's a black box. What is a black box? What is that word? Meaning, I don't know what's in there. Okay. Goodwill, intangible assets, other liabilities. Like, those numbers dwarf the $38 billion number. Goodwill, Meaning those kind of things. Goodwill and intangible assets on, on BlackRock's balance sheet is $33 billion. Strip that out, and it's five, and, and they've got $5 billion worth of equity. They've got this, they've got a, a, the other liabilities category on their balance sheet year to year moves $40 billion. In 2020, it was hundred it was negative $120 billion. In 2021, it was negative 90. Last year it was negative 50. I don't even know what these things are. 
So why would okay. why would so Yellen want to make so him what a I'm saying is, is that BlackRock yeah. right. is already a company that may not have any 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 juice. balance sheet room, may not have any value there beyond its book of business as an asset manager so its management fees and its consulting fees. And its cash flow is the only thing that actually makes the company worth anything. Right. The rest of it is levered to the levered to the hill. Now, what if they're in serious trouble because the Fed is the one that because the Fed raised interest rates from zero to five percent in a year? How do you make the argument if you're Janet Yellen to regulate BlackRock as a CFI? Unless BlackRock makes a bid for First Republic Bank, which you put you people pushed into receivership. And now BlackRock owns a bank. Oh, so now they're a CFI. Then it makes it a whole lot easier to make that argument. Because they own a big bank now. They own one of the biggest regional banks in the country. So Yellen and... BlackRock was buying First Republic Bank because it needed to shore up its balance sheet. Well, how do you follow the... the, And Morgan turns around and buys the whole... The bouncing ball here. So Yellen and BlackRock and Davos are, are together. They're... Of course. Okay. All right. They're one and the same. Oh, absolutely. Like that's the bit. BlackRock is 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 like Yellen is Davos's central banker in the United States. BlackRock is their is their is their political arm in the all the boardrooms of all these companies that have gone woke and are now going broke. Gotcha. Fox News. Fox Fox News. In bed. In bed. Right, Disney. Oh, the beer, one, oh, the beer thing. Yeah, that was all BlackRock yeah, stuff. All this stuff. Whoa. BlackRock and Vanguard. Yeah. And they're in there forcing Fords to act against their will, against the best interests of their companies. To do their thing. In order to Whatever. do Davos's ESG, DEI bid. Yeah. Whatever it and is. And then BlackRock gets into trouble. And guess who? Guess what they own? This is the other thing. Guess. We already had a dry run on what's going on here, of what BlackRock is going to do to the pension system. Oh, they want to nationalize that, right? They want to nationalize the pension systems. They've been, they've been, the the, the Democrats have been trying to manipulate the fin- the finances of the United States to force the nationalization of the pension systems in the United States for thirty years, folks. 30 years. Remember, Al Gore kept was ran on a president, you know, ran for president on the idea we're going to put Social Security in a lockbox. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's close. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but and then they made arguments about how about we have to nationalize the 401ks and take all the, you know, we're going to crash the stock market and then fill them through full of treasuries. Like they want to nationalize the pension systems like you wouldn't believe because what what would they do under those situations? Well, of course, they would pay it out with digital dollars and UBI. They would basically crash. The, the call is oh. to crash the pension systems and then replace them with digital. Said everybody whose pension was just destroyed, saying, "Look, this is it's it sucks. It's all a big it's all a big turd sandwich. We all have to take a bite. Blah 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 blah. But your pensions are safe. You just have to you know you'll get your money on your phone. Yeah, you'll be able to spend it at." 7-Eleven as long as you, you, you see the you can see the two set here <laughs> and guess who owns the friggin and guess who's going who, guess who owns the assets that are the biggest holes on the pension funds balance sheets I don't know. BlackRock because oh, we found this out when the UK pension system went belly up last summer 
What? And BlackRock sat there and said, yeah, we're not taking any haircut on our leverage loan positions. No, no, you have to you have to do this. And they and the Bank of England had to bail out the friggin leverage loan fund. But if you nationalize the pension funds, why does that why does that make them worthless? I thought that would strengthen them. No, no, you're missing what the I, point. What am I missing here? You're missing the point. They want to nationalize nine trillion dollars worth of AUM worth uh, of assets under management. They want the commies want control of the means of production of the friggin' country. This is how they do it. The pension systems in the Mer- in America own the means of production. The means of production. So I, you, I'm missing the something there. The pension systems own. They own the blocks that make up the, the companies that make up the country. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. Okay, the whole thing. Yeah. So now you've just nationalized and you've just turned U.S. Steel into gas into you know into Rus Steel Corp. It's no different. Wow. They're trying to turn the thing, they're trying to take away what's left of the vestiges of our private formation of capital and put and put it on the US government's balance sheet. These people are commies. <laughs> Saying this for three years. <laughs> and everybody's like, well, no, they're really just kind of fascists or there's a kind of no, they're just commies. <laughs> and Davos versus the neocons is just the Trotskyites versus Stalin all over again. Mm-hmm. It's just a hundred years into the friggin' future. What a trip. No different. This is the same friggin' fight that was going on between Trotsky and Stalin. But the Trotskyites, the neocons, want to invade the world and use the and use the the money to invade the world, cheap money to invade the world. And the communists just want to, and the Stalinites just want to control everything. Like, do, do you really think Klaus Schwab sounds a lot different than Uncle Joe? <laughs> Like, this is the, yeah, you said it earlier at the beginning of the show, this is the guy who doesn't care what he says. I just don't have a filter, other than I'm trying to keep it clean, because I know your audience doesn't particularly like That's it. That's because we're, we're, we're a family show here. Because we're a family show. So, I, so I'm trying here. I'm doing my best. So if you, you're but doing good. stuff makes me angry. Well, I know it does. At man. a freaking level that you will not believe. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's right. So uh, Tom Lamongo is with us, Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com. No phones this morning. So... What does this mean for, we have listeners all over the world, Canada, everywhere, Omaha, we even have in Australia. So what does this mean for people who are now into the, using the dollar and that's all we have? What is, what is the story for us? Well, what, is the, be? What, you, what everybody should worry about right now, mm. right, as I said, is, that's, this is these are their plans. Those plans are, are, are practically in the open. They, they, they're funny. They think that we don't see them, but I see them, right? And it's not that hard. Once you understand what their goal structure is, then all you have to do is go look for things that support their goal structure, and then you just, like, put yeah. it up on Twitter and then, and then make it, you know, make it big, all right? And then they go, oh, my God. And then everybody goes, no, nah, it can't be, possibly be that. And I they can't go, be that. Maybe, maybe it is. Oh, sh- oh, 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 my, oh, oh. oh. Yeah, no, I guess that, yeah. Right again. Okay, fine. Um, I don't care. I just, I just want to make the world a better place. Wow. So what do you do? Well, what you do is you realize that this is coming, and you watch what's going to come next, and then you try to figure out who has the upper hand in D.C. Because this will come down to, it's out of the Fed's hands. The Fed has done their job. The best they can do is try and stop the bank runs, right? And plug these holes. You're going to watch the big 
New York money center banks come together to try and stop these stop this from happening. That's the best that the Fed can do. And put pressure politically behind the scenes on those who are the swing votes in Congress and the Senate to get spending under control. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, hold on. So, that's what needs to happen. Do you have a break? Because I could do a commercial. Yeah, why don't we do a break? Let's a do a little break. That'd hold be on. great. Second. What a trip, huh? That's why we like having Tom on, because he doesn't care. And but I don't know if anybody else connects the dots like he does, but it's a trip. So here you are, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com is the email. We have this little guy on sale, and uh, let's tell you about it. If I can find it, here it is. It's the biggest sale of the year, 20% off on elk velvet. They don't kill the elk. They don't drug them. They don't put tourniquets on them. They just go up to them on a farm and take their little velvet and put it in a bottle. Here it is. Before I start my work day, I like to get my workout in. It makes me much more effective throughout the rest of the day. Now, one of my favorite supplements to use in conjunction with my training is Sir Thrival's Elk Antler. These are sustainably and humanely harvested from U.S. free-range animals. Now, what's interesting about elk, deer, moose, all these animals we call the cervids, is they're the only mammals who have an organ that actually falls off and regenerates every year. These elk antlers grow out in just a matter of a couple of months. In order to grow like that, they need growth factors, steroidal compounds that cause that rapid growth. Those can actually be harvested, freeze-dried, and put into solution that you can actually utilize in your own body. Now there's been a back and forth history with this being banned for doping in professional athletics. Currently, it is legal, except that it is really rich in IGF-1, which is a banned substance. Now, of course, this is a natural substance. This is not a steroid. But when you look at natural substances, you won't find anything more powerful than elk antler for recovery, for lean muscle growth and maintenance, for metabolic enhancement, and for recovery after injuries and surgery. This is incredible stuff. If you're looking for a natural supplement that boosts your metabolism, helps you grow lean body mass, burns fat, increases libido and energy levels, and helps your body regenerate from your workouts or from injuries or surgeries, take a look at Sir Thrival's Elk Antler. It is a great product, and as we said, they are farm-raised, and they don't uh, shoot them up with any drugs or anything. They just get their velvet. And these, these, el- these elk things, you know, they're actually um, like arms and legs, and they drop off, and then they grow them again. They're, I mean, that's a trip. I mean, so pretty good stuff. And it's been used since the beginning of time, long time, for strength and all that. And as Daniel told you there, they actually... Um, um, won't let you use the main substance in elk velvet in Olympic uh, uh, trials and stuff like this. Let me tell you this, uh, 20% off right now with elk velvet on one radio network, rebuild20 is the promo code, rebuild20. We've had a relationship with uh, uh, um, Fred Dashevsky for 25 years. He buys and sells gold coins for a living he just does real American money. He doesn't do bricks and bars and stuff like that. He just does real American money. And you can pony up a lot if you want to buy some, well, a couple grand or three grand. Uh, some of these uh, um, St. Gaudens uh, coins all graded, third-party graded by NGC in the little plastic containers. 
And uh, these are fun. But then you can also get pre-65 dimes, quarters, and halves. I think it's a $1,000 minimum, but these babies are about 99% silver. So that's kind of fun. So if you want to get into the silver world, this is a good way to do it. You can buy a bag of these guys and put them in your underwear drawer and rock and roll. It's a great company, 800-878-2646. Fred was the partner of my mentor in the world of money, Andrew Goss, who we talked to weekly for 12 years here and how I learned about the monetary system. And uh, Andrew Goss, who's no longer with us. So Fred is his partner, was his partner, and now he rebooted the company, and here you go. Now, they're not going to try you something, you know, like people you see on late night TV, and, well, you're going to buy this, and he's, you know, 800-878-2646. 800-878-2646. I think you'll enjoy working with them and he'll, he'll set you up and with whatever amount of money you have to deal with and, and, and have some fun, okay? Hmm. Know the Source on One Radio Network. With Gold, Goats and Guns guy Tom Luongo and Tom Luongo M.E. would be his, his uh, website there, Tom Luongo Emmy. Uh, uh, Tom, tell folks how they can become a Patreon guy like your host here and have some fun with you. Um, so you can become a member of the, uh, the, the, the Patreon. Very simply, just go to the websites in the right-hand gutter, look for the picture of the goat imploring you to become a patron. And then Quinny will take care of you from there. Um, so we publish a monthly newsletter which has a uh, a retail, it's you know, it's a, it's all original material with a uh, a portfolio strategy to, you know, take advantage of a lot of the stuff that I talk about, mm-hmm. um, as as well as I do twice weekly, as you mentioned earlier, twice weekly what I call market reports, which are a mix of you know rants about the the issues of the day, as well as uh, a, a significant amount of now technical analysis of important markets on a weekly basis and monthly basis of gold, silver, oil, uh, the, the, the U.S. tenure, the Dow. These are things I do all the time, along with, you know, uh, doing bespoke chart reads for, for patrons if they, you know, have stocks that they're interested in and they want my, uh, my opinion on what I think they should, you know, what the strategy should be, buy, sell, hold, accumulate, whatever. So these are not necessarily stocks that are in the portfolio. These are just stocks uh-huh. that are important mm-hmm. to, the, to the community. We do those twice a week, and then you know there's private blog posts as well, which generally are the now the uh, impetus for the or the, the the backbone, the foundation of whatever I pub- publish uh, publicly as well. And then the podcast, I, we do a podcast intermittently as well, and that's when the spirit moves me, and that's always free. I don't you don't really care. So, so. with as bonkers as this debt based system is, I know you don't do investment advice, but just big picture. How could somebody go wrong with just getting into hard money? I mean, no, it's really you, you it's know, where you have to start. It's could, really where you have to start, really, uh, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always look at it this way. I said, "Look, you know, you're not investing until you have adequate savings, because in you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I am still an Austrian economist, so I still believe in a pool, uh, in in the economic development starts with a pool of real savings, right? You're not going to start." building a house or building a shelter until you have adequate food supply Mm -hmm. or, and that means adequate food stores. It may be because you're fat and you can afford to go without food for a week while you build shelter. That's fine. You know, desert island economy kind of thing, right? 
But you start with savings in some form or another, and then you use deploy that savings to build, you know, larger and larger structures for your around yourself that can um, th- that are designed to make your life more predictable, to make your future more predictable. That's why we act as human beings. Like we want some stability. We want to know tomorrow that we're our life is roughly going to look the same as it does the day after the day it was today and the day after that and the more that and there's a and but like everything else is the diminishing returns to that kind of stability so after you've gotten a certain amount of time that you're comfortable with and different people at different stages of their life right. have different comfort levels when you're young you don't care about more than having a couple months worth of rent and when you're older you need to make sure that you have a few years worth of, of expenses right? right this is the basics of all uh, this is nothing new so you should be thinking in terms of what do you have in terms of savings first before you ever start thinking about investment. And the problem with pension funds, certainly defined benefit pension systems like we have today, promising you an 8% return on your money every year, mm-hmm. which is a very bad assumption, especially when Davos and the Fed kept us at the zero bound for 15 years, yes, you know, 13 years, and Yellen and, and you know and and the Europeans went to negative back, right? How are you going to make any money and how are you going to get any return? These pension systems are now in serious trouble. And part of the reason why the Fed is raising interest rates is in order to make the U.S. Treasuries a viable alternative for pension funds to change their balance sheets, which of course attacks the whole CLO leverage loan um, market that BlackRock has ballooned its AUM on like because they're they've sold a lot of they sold trillions of dollars of these things them and Vanguard to pension funds of these leveraged assets trying to get eight percent in a zero percent world right so this is the problem and this is what we're facing now so the what you do as a person is you say I have enough savings I can start thinking about investing once you have enough investments now you start thinking about how you're going to defend those investments against, you know, all comers, be it tax policy, you know, someone, you know, how, do you have a dog in the yard? Like, yada, yada, yada. All these are all forms of defense as are hedges against whatever your primary thesis is. So if your primary investment thesis is strong dollar, well, then you should have some, you should have some hedges that are weak dollars, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So that if you are wrong, because we're all wrong. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> all the time. You know, then you should have yourself protected. And that's the way you have to approach all of this stuff. So what am I doing? What do we do? What we're doing is we're trying to give people the best information possible about the various aspects of this system, systemic breakdown that we're living through in order to help them through the order of operations of how the system is going to fail. It's not arguable, and there's no argument now that the system is failing. Right. It's that in what order are the institutions going to fail? What order are things going to happen? So the Fed raises interest rates. It tears a hole in the balance sheets of all these regional banks that, you know, that bought a bunch of treasuries as reserves at the zero bound. And now these treasuries are trading at 25, 30% lower than where they were when they bought them, now they've got now they've got a reserve, so it's right. not yeah. hard to make the argument that the regional banks are in trouble, right? So you know, and then they loaded up on commercial real estate, 
during this time as well. It's not hard to make these arguments. The question is, okay, so is that, are they the first ones to fail? Well, yes. Why? Because they have the fewest number of friends. The big banks don't want their business. They're no friends to the smaller banks. But at the same time, the international markets that are getting drained of all these dollars as the Fed raises interest rates are, you know, they don't have any friends. You know, those are also the enemies of the U.S. commercial bank, uh, the U.S. regional bank, regional bank, especially if actors like the ECB and the other major central banks are running cover and they're deleveraging in such a way that they're trying to extend and pretend the current interest rate environment in the fiction, for example, that the European banking system is more solvent than the American banking system. And that is a lie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is the biggest lie that's out there today. Wow. Yeah. But it's reflected in bond yields in Europe that are still in many ways lower or comparable to what you're getting out of American debt. And those spreads are the lie that Lagarde at the ECB is trying to protect. And she's doing it. The media is helping. The financial media helps by playing up and amplifying the troubles of the U.S. banking system. Okay. The Biden administration helps out by doing what? Acting like J Rambo without a jockstrap and trying to start a war with everyone. Okay, the CIA helps by, you know, blowing up the Nord Stream pipeline or whatever they, you know, all of these things, you know, the, the, the judges that were and the district attorneys that were put in place by these evil freaking European oligarchs like George Soros to make us look like clown show by, you know, allowing pedophile, you know, like arresting and then releasing, doing catch and release with pedophiles. In California and Wisconsin or wherever, I mean, it, it, this is it's crazy. Man. This is what's driving people nuts, and this is what's making people go, "Oh my God, America is falling apart." Right. Well, yeah, it's being torn apart at the seams by vandals who are in positions of power. Mm. Is there any good and guys so in the United States? All we government? have to do here is say, "All we have to do here is go." You know what? No, no. I mean, we the people, and the. And I firmly believe that we have plutocrats like Jamie Dimon and or the guy running, I can't remember, or John Solomon over at Goldman or a few others and others that are like, well, yeah, we're plutocrats, but we believe in America first and everybody else second. So we have these sovereignist plutocrats versus the globalist plutocrats. Okay? This is, the, this is what is very, very clear to me. Larry Fink is a globalist. Jamie Dimon, I just don't buy it. Hmm. I, 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 and by the way, I'm being told every day that Jamie Dimon is a bad man because he knew about Epstein. Why do we know this? Because someone wants us to know it. Because someone filed a lawsuit, garbage yeah. lawsuit against Jamie Dimon on this. And then a garbage, and then equally garbage judge allowed the case to go forward. Meanwhile, Pfizer 
and all these other companies that are Davos aligned get away with murder. Indeed. And they do. So yeah. it's insane. Yeah. It's literal murder that they're getting away with. Again, so I, like this is the world. And so it's clearly this kind of, again, putting the thumb on the scale of reality in order to create a fiction that isn't true to buy as much time as possible to try and then win a political battle on DC. And it's no different than what I was talking about two years ago when I first started talking to you about Powell and the trouble he was having, yeah, you know, and the build back better and all the rest of it. It's the same strategy over and over again. Can we get build back better passed? And then it didn't get passed. Why didn't it get passed? Why did Pelosi tie the debt ceiling raise to, to these two massive spending bills? Because, and then why was, and then why did her resistance to that ultimately fail? Why did she ultimately fail in her quest? Well, because the inflation story started to really kick in. The economy started to come back and her argument for, you know, these spending bills was moot. And once that happened, the Fed was then behind the curve of inflation, right? And so they needed to start raising rates and opposition within the Biden administration to re-upping Powell for another term melted eventually. And again, over the over and over and over again, these people were beaten by the sovereigntist plutocrats, I think, centered around Jerome Powell, his faction within the Federal Reserve, and he represents the New York banks because that's the most powerful... I have an email for you from Rudy. He's in Florida, down near you. Would you ask Tom Luongo if he believes that we could see a day where bail-ins would happen and they could actually get my deposits? I don't see that happening. You don't see that? No. I think they'll do everything imaginable to keep that from happening. Okay, what they really want, they don't don't want bail-ins. Bail-ins are like, that's what they want to do in Europe. What they'll do here I mean, it may happen. I, I, I never say never about sure. this, but yeah. as, as far as, as long as Powell's in charge of the Fed, no way. No CBDCs, no bail-ins, none of that nonsense. But in order to get this done, we have to get rid of Janet Yellen at Treasury. We got to get rid of G- Gary Gensler at the CFTC. We have to get rid of Biden as president. Okay? Because until these people are removed, okay, we will continue to, feel like they're going to do this to us because the possibility the probability of it of it happening is higher with them in power than it is without them yes i understand okay i understand so yellen wants a centralized he she is trying to do an end run at treasury around the fed okay there's gonna they're gonna make the argument that we need to end the fed (laughs) and put everything under the treasury department under her control and the libertarians are all going to cheer meanwhile the commies will have won because most of my libertarian brethren are not savvy enough about what actually happens in the financial markets and what this stuff actually means that they can get past there how many rothbards can dance on the head of a freaking pen (laughs) to understand what's going on they just want their ideological purity because they actually have checked out intellectually, spiritually, philosophically, and everything else, and I've got no use for most of them. 
literally most of them. But if you had the Fed, you could create your own dollars and you wouldn't have any more debt. No. No? We have so many We have so many steps to get to before we get back to sound money. No, I know. Yeah. You think we're just going to end the Fed and go back to sound money? Not going like, to happen. What world do you live in? Well, the, Seriously, the screenplay that I is a the screenplay dollar. that I wrote. What you'll get is that you will get is CBDCs, UBI, and total surveillance. You will get Minority Report, but with more German. Yeah. It's only going to happen in the movies, right? Yeah, it would be a lot of lot of steps to do that. Hmm. No, you we're not. You're not going to be able to just flip a switch and go. We have to get. We have to get the Federal Reserve back from the terrible institution it is today mm-hmm. to the halfway reasonable institution it was at its charter to then having the national conversation as to whether we even need it at all. Yeah. So, but that's a generational argument, Patrick. That is not a, oh, next week argument. Hmm. You want you want to do that? Great. I, I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm putting off the interview now and I'm planting sweet potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm learning how to ride a freaking horse. Because <laughs> I might as well start just hoping for the Carrington event to take out the freaking electrical grid. Because Mad Max is just around the corner. Around. And I'm not and I'm not joking. No, here. I understand. No, I understand. Yeah. Okay. It is adolescent in the extreme, the analysis that's been done over the last twenty years on this. It's why I went independent. It's why I left the Libertarian Party in 2004, doubled down on, on really learning my Austrian economics, and then learned how, and then started learning, when I became a professional, started writing, and then started giving people advice about, you know, what they should do, why I finally had to go, well, the gold guys are wrong. I mean, I love gold. I do. I love gold. But we're not going to. If we're going to go back to a gold standard, if we're going to go back to hard money, it's going to happen slowly, not all at once. That's the way you want it. You want gold remonetized to go back to this conversation at the beginning. How does gold go to $7,500 an ounce? In a hyperinflation from a core economy that still settles 90% of world trade? Really? Not going to happen. Yeah. What's going to happen is Sovereignists will get will get control of the government again. At best, more likely the United States will break up. But at best, the sovereignists will win the debt ceiling battle. They will get rid of Biden. They will win the 2024 election with somebody, be it somebody, be it from the left or the right, be it Donald Trump or RFK Jr. These are the two we've got right. Okay, and then from there, start dismantling the administrative state. The Supreme Court today is hearing probably the most important case of Biden's administration. Yeah, I know that. Tell them what's whether going or on. Not, I've been reading about this. Yeah, yeah. Whether or not they're going to view the Chevron doctrine about the administrative state being able to set best practices, that needs to go away. That is literally the thing that's been killing us. For the last 40 years. This is how the EPA gets to set policy. The CDC, all these people, right? All of these. All of this. The, the CDC, the W, all of it. All of it. It all comes, it all comes out of the Chevron doctrine. So did they that goes away. Did they disagree to, to hear it? Or what's the st- story on that? They've agreed to discuss I think they've agreed to hear it. Wow. 
Wow, it'd be huge. It's gonna. It's on the docket. Like this is this is happening. Wow, that's a big win for the sovereignists. That is a big win. Huge. That's a big as to who's who's slowly but surely getting control of power because this wouldn't be on the docket if Davos was actually in control and they and Biden and, and Obama and company weren't fighting rearguard actions on the hill. Hmm. Okay, so. That's the path. That's the beginning of the path. What happens after that? Well, you cut spending. 20%. You cut the bad spending. The really bad spending. The $100 billion a year to Ukraine, which has now just become a, a, a weapons laundering operation to send weapons to North Africa to fight against the colonial rebellions that are happening all across North Africa. Is that where that money, some of that money is going now? Oh, absolutely. That's where some of that money is Jeez. gone. <laughs> the plot thickens. <laughs> the plot thicks, as it were. Yes. So, <laughs> the, the um, plot so we thicks. take it one step further. So you've got that angle, right? But you can get rid of you can you can you cut spending by oh. five, ten, seven, five, seven, eight percent a year, or even not a year, just five percent this year, and then start putting that towards debt servicing and just force the process. And once we signal to the world that we're willing to do that, the world will be at our feet and we'll be dumping money into the United States like you would not believe. Like you wouldn't believe. Could have and we would regain the balance sheet room. And then you really want to you really want to shore up the American the American balance sheet. You throw that treasury gold that we talked about at the beginning out on the yield curve and you start issuing gold redeemable bonds. Not 100% redeemable, but 5% of face value redeemable mm. in gold. No. 30, 20, 30, 50, 100 year bonds redeemable in treasury gold. Now you can lo- now you can and now you can offer them at a lower dollar coupon rate than you would normally because they've got gold backing them. The Federal Reserve is now what? Incentivized to allow the price of gold to rise in order to make their investors happy who have a have it, I have a vested interest in gold. And once you've shored up the balance sheet about 10 years, after, once you're about 10 years into this program, you do what Greenspan did 10 years after Volcker sent the prime rate, sent the 30 year to 13%. You buy them all back and pay everybody out of par or, and buy everybody out back at, at current value in dollars. And you're done. And everybody wins. It's doable. The, the, it's so doable, it's not funny. And yet, it's the one thing no one is discussing. Why? Because they don't want to discuss it. They don't it. want to do it. No. Because they control the freaking megaphone. Yeah. Well, I got a megaphone, and I'm going to use it. I'm going to keep pounding this point into, into people's heads until they get it. This is how the United States can get out of this, kill the empire, and shore up the balance sheet, and then sue for peace with the Russians and the Chinese, carve up the world, and we can actually have peace breakout <laughs> around the world, as I'll, opposed to world war. I'll Wouldn't that be nice? I'll vote for you. Couldn't you do a digital dollar with a uh, on a blockchain so it would just be a portion of gold, so it would be gold back, but just maybe 10% or no. something? No, no, I don't want, I mean, you can, but I don't want, I don't want the federal government administering that. Oh. I don't want, I, I don't want a central bank, I don't want a central bank issued digital dollar with gold back. Gold back. I mean, that will be one of the things floated. That will be one of the. That will be one of the. That will be one of the parrots thrown at you. Point zero zero. Like the, just like the fiction of the eight percent hmm. annual defined benefit pension plan. And then when it comes to actually paying out the gold, guess what? Lucy in the football. Yeah. 
That's all these people ever do. It's just Lucy, Charlie Brown on the football. Well, there's That's a it. difference between backing a currency by gold and having it be exchangeable, too. A lot of people claim they're, you know, whatever, they're, their currency is backed by gold or assets. But if you can't exchange it at a bank, it doesn't mean anything. Well, it, right? you're, you're correct. It, it, it means that there's greater confidence in the balance sheet of the country yes, if they sir. have gold. Right, right. That's it. That's it. It doesn't believe, it doesn't tell you, it doesn't create an actual check and balance against government. Like pre-33, 1933, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying that any, I'm, I'm saying this is the order of operations in order to get people to, to understand this is how we have to get there with the minimal amount of, of generational damage. But as a, as a society, we have to decide that's the direction we're going and here are the, the steps to get there and how can we do this with as little harm and making whole as many promises as we've made. Yes, sir. Yeah. Before we go, let's That's go. Let's go to, to the. Uh, finally, let's get into the debt thing before we go. So I've been through the debt thing as you have for years, and they always do something. They always every time. Is this any different? They're going to do something, right? Yes. Yeah, they'll do something. Yes, it's it's the same. It's 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 no different than every other time. But every it other. is different. Yeah. It is different. How's it different? Mentally. Well, they're going to raise the debt ceiling. Yes, sir. The question to. is, under what circumstances are they going to raise the debt ceiling? As I said earlier, in 2021, they raised the debt ceiling and the sovereigntists won. Be the globalist Davos trolls on Capitol Hill lost. They didn't get another $7 trillion worth of spending. Okay. They didn't get a massive <clears throat> expansion of the administrative state. Yes. That went along with those bills. They lost. We just got a debt ceiling raise. Okay, this time. This time. What is the GOP argument? A debt ceiling raise with spending cuts. Yes. What do the Democrats want? A clean debt ceiling raise. Boom. Why do they want a clean debt ceiling raise? So that they can continue to spend at current levels. Yes, sir. So right. what has to happen this time is McCarthy. And now here's the now now you go into the political landscape. McCarthy has at least 15 members of Congress who hate him. They have a four-seat majority. Those are bad math. Those are bad numbers for Kevin McCarthy to sell the country out, even though that's exactly what I, ex I would expect him to try and do. But can he? I don't know. I don't think he can. What I think happens is they put forth this massive spending cut. $40.8 trillion over 10 years. It's a significant amount of spending that they would cut. Now, did it, does it cut from the right areas of the, of the budget? No. Does it cut defense spending? Of course not. But it's a start. What needs to happen here is that they need to win. It's going to go to the Senate. Chuck Schumer is going to, as already, sort of the virtue signal that's dead on arrival. No, it's not. Joe Manchin is in charge of the Senate. Why? We have a 50-49-1 split. And Joe Manchin, being a Democrat, if he votes with the Republicans and Kirsten Sinema votes with the Republicans, guess what? It goes to the White House. And the White House vetoes it. Vetoes it's it. on Joe Biden's desk. Right. Okay? The government starts getting shut down, It's but it's Biden's fault. Hmm. And who keeps... who? And, and now we're dealing, and then all that has to happen between now and then is that more dirt about Joe Biden gets to come out about how he's laundering frickin' how he's, how he's, how all of them on Capitol Hill are dirty as the day is long. 
Dude, I'm serious. What I look at and I see the kinds of leaks that have happened and the kinds of movement that I've seen happen at the at the, the agency level against Biden and the Democrats. And in, quote unquote, our favor over the last six months, it all screams counter revolution and that they're ready to take these people down. All they have to do hmm. really? is hold their water on the debt ceiling, crush Biden and Schumer. Schumer will lose the Senate majority leadership if he loses the debt ceiling fight. Well, that's encouraging. If turns around and tries to stiff bondholders as opposed to shutting down portions of the government because she's a commie. She's never. She's going to get, they're going to, they're, she's going to get strung up by her toenails. Yeah. Okay. They are all going to virtue signal up to that moment. But this debt ceiling fight is different because the bad guys don't have the cover. In the past, a, geo, a big GOP majority would allow the globalists that ran the GOP, the Paul Ryans mm-hmm. and the Mitch McConnells mm-hmm. and the McCarthy's, to ignore the Matt Gateses and the Thomas Masseys and the Rand Pauls. Why? Because they had enough votes from GOP rhinos to pass the Democrats' um, wishes. Now he doesn't have that. He's got four seats. And they've already told him, flat out, if you don't do what we want you to do, we'll get rid of you. We'll put a new speaker in. And we'll start the whole process all over again. Hmm. Yellen will try to use that, of course, to complain bitterly that we are going to have to default or something. And it's going to be dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria, the, <laughs> the Murdoch media, the British media. They're all going to be going, oh, our capital markets will be a, a mess. And you know what they're going to do. They're going to turn the whole thing into the, the biggest financial mess you've ever seen to try and force a political resolution that they want. No, you hold your water and you tell them no over and over and over again. And you sit there and go, no, no, show me your whole cards. You're holding two seven. I've got set of aces. It's off. I win. And you can't win this fight. I win this fight. That's it. It's done. And you're out. But it can be done if the right people hold their water at the right moment. Boy, if more Americans knew what, and if you're correct, and I suspect you are because of your credibility, if more Americans knew this, it would be a beautiful thing because they they Wait, would well, they, they would enough, stop it. Enough Americans do know it. Do they? Patrick. Do they know it? Do All they, they have to do is really put their feet to the fire mm-hmm. and hold their feet to the fire. But they, but we ultimately know that elections are fungible. Yeah. So they're basing all of this on the idea that they're going to be able to ensure a particular outcome in 2024. Why do you think the neocons are ra- ramping up for a an end-of-the-year confrontation with the Russians? Martin Armstrong banging his shoe on the table out. like Khrushchev saying they want to make Biden into the wartime president because the heuristic is wartime presidents don't they lose don't elections. Lose. They don't lose elections. That's what Martin said the last time we talked to him. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. Is he, you no, think he's, he's right? Absolutely, you think and, he's right? And Martin's absolutely right on this. I, I, I can see, I can see <laughs> that angle on the strategy. So what do you got to do? You got to get rid of Biden before that. You've got to get enough people within the Democratic Party to put greater fear into them of you than they are of Chuck Schumer Hmm. and George Soros. And that's the big question. Have the Manila is the Manila envelope pile on some of these congressmen and senators' desks 
bigger coming from Uncle Jamie Dimon or from the other side than George Soros. Well, there's a good there's a good that's movie there. Argument. That's a good you, movie there. That's right? my argument. I don't think Dimon and Soros like each other. No, at all. I don't think Fink and Dimon like each other. I think Dimon is sitting there looking at BlackRock's book of business, going, "Hmm." Hasty. <laughs> so Looks finally, good. finally, BlackRock can go bankrupt if it's not a CP. Bank BlackRock can go bankrupt tomorrow, and the and the and the, the big banks will just buy up the book of business. Just buy it all up. Yeah, just buy it up. Like it's in, why wouldn't they? It's, it's it's good. It's a good business. So Tom Lomongo, finally, if if a Trump or a DeSantis or Kennedy or somebody else gets in there, would they have possibly have the freedom to do something good or? The, are you always controlled by these dudes at the top? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't do you know? Good question now, isn't it? If they keep losing all of these fights, how much power do they really have? And do they have any money left after? Because look, again, I keep telling you, it all comes down to who can outlast the Euro, the collapse of the European banking system, which is where all it is. Hmm. Wow. Well. I mean, can you imagine... Like a world where these people, you know, don't have unlimited amounts of money to destroy our lives with. They don't right now. The world looks a lot different at five and a quarter percent than it does at the zero balance. Yeah. So that's what Powell's doing. That's what he's doing. That's why Powell's going to raise this tomorrow and next month. And they keep trying to create a banking crisis to get him to stop. Now they're creating banking crises to try and stop him from raising rates. Wow. You understand how desperate that looks? I know. That's crazy. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. How high do you think you'll no, go? No, it is. No, no I, I mean, understand. From a, look, from, from a hardcore strategy, strategic analysis perspective, if I've got you at the table doing desperation play, I own you. Hmm. Okay? I don't think about any of this stuff in terms of finance or this. No. To me, this is all just, this is all, just this is all. Bar, this is all barroom stuff going on. This is a barroom fight. I got you backed into a corner and I'm and I'm and I'm throwing body blows at you and you're throwing haymakers. <laughs> like, okay, I uh, got news for you, dude. Um, I got, I got, I got knee to the groin coming up next. Like, I've got you. Hmm. Okay, I can I can put it in I can put it in board gaming terms that nobody would nobody in the audience would understand. But I got news for you. The 50 people who do get it be like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I mean, I don't, I, I, this is the way this works. When you have a multi-faction problem like this and you have people, when you've sat and you, you've literally tried to scratch your way through a five or six player game and take five people out at the same time or manipulate them into taking each other out so that you wind up, that's what everybody here is doing. That's why you like these games, okay. don't you? That's why you like these. Oh, I, I, yeah. this, this, is the, this is all that matters. Mm -hmm. yeah. Identify the factions, identify their incentives, identify where they're strong, and identify where they're weak. Do a SWOT analysis on Davos, the neocons, the Fed, the San Francisco Fed, the this one, the that one. Do the SWOT analysis, you know, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats on all of them, and then figure out where you are. Mm. And I've done that on so many of these factions, and I'm if I'm Powell, this is what I do. Hmm, if I'm Diamond, this is what I do. If I'm if I'm Fink, this is what I do. If I'm if I'm Schwab, this is what I do. I never thought I'd if see I'm the Obama. day where the Federal Reserve Board guy was doing something that is good for me. I never thought I'd see that day. 
Me either. Yeah. <laughs> what are you kidding? I'm like I'm I'm the original and the Fed guy. I'm Me the too. original. You Me know, too. I want 100. I'm a, a, a you know I'm a Rothbard guy at at heart. Like, yeah. Ultimately, but Murray, if he was alive today. I know this. If Murray was alive today, he'd be looking at this and he'd laugh. He'd be like, yeah, Tom, you're right. This is, isn't this great? Watching oligarchs like fight amongst themselves? We're going to win in the end. I guess we're going to win in the end. It may take 40 years. Well, how about it only take 10 years? If you want it to end in 10, if you want this nonsense to end in the next 10 years, then you better start rooting for Jerome Powell to break these people. <laughs> I kiddo. If only to save the Federal Reserve itself for another 10 years. Understand that they're all drowning men. They're all doing what? They're all drowning. Drowning. Everybody's drowning and someone is trying to climb on top and to survive. Hmm. And the one you don't want to survive is Davos. Is Davos, yeah. yeah. Period. Yeah. Everybody else is negotiable. <laughs> These people are not negotiable. We have 600 years of European history telling you that they are not negotiable. They have destroyed whole civilizations. They've destroyed all of our freaking lives. They've, they've stolen all the wealth for themselves. No, I'm done with these people. They've, they've metastasized and morphed their neo-colonial, neo-feudal freaking business model to the point where it's time for everybody to just say, you know what? No. 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 I'm good. That's enough. No. Mr. Don't, no, sorry, Mr. Schwab, it's time for you to go. That's no, right. no, it's, it's time for you to take your medication. It's 3 o'clock. Here's your medication. Please tell me. Please take your medication. Go we've, got, we've got pictures of Donald Trump in the corner for you to yell at. Just show me your tongue. Okay, good. You did it? Great. Now, keep, keep barking orders, but you bark orders over there. Well, we, your, we even hired somebody for you to bark orders at. He's not going to implement them, but you can bark orders at. From your lips to God's ears, as they say, Mr. Luongo. Thanks for being here. It was fun, as always. Thank you. Yeah, really, good show. Fun. Good stuff. Take care of yourself, all right? And TomLuongo.me, be a, become a Patriot guy so he can feed his golds and goats and guns and stuff like that. Thanks, Tom. See you Thank soon. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you have a great afternoon. Really appreciate you coming on the show. I know you're a busy guy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Okay. Tom Luongo, gold, goats, and guns, and um, support him. I mean, you know, know, come on, let's become a member. Okay, we're going to break here for uh, six, seven, eight minutes, nine minutes, and we will see you at 12.30 Central Time, Texas Time, with Adam Bergstrom, and we have a lot to talk about. So, we always do with Adam. He's just great, and uh, thanks for your patience when our website was down 24 hours ago. It happened right before... Um, Adam's show yesterday, Adam's scheduled show yesterday, and the whole thing just fall down, go boom, man. It just went, just cratered, just cratered. But uh, we're back, we're back. So we're going to see Adam in a minute. Uh, I think Fred Dashevsky is going to be here tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow, first month, first Wednesday. Who else do we have tomorrow? I guess I think I'm going to come on tomorrow too. Yeah, I'm going to be on tomorrow at uh, at noon after Fred, and we're going to talk about a lot of really cool stuff I've been seeing as I soul travel in the far country. That'll be tomorrow. So, uh, thanks for your ongoing support. Darko Valchek will be here next week. Also, Tom Renz, an attorney who's very concerned about 
these mRNA things in animals. Yep. And um, some other things next week. So I love you all very much. Thanks for your support. Thanks to Tom Luongo. Always fun having Tom on. He's, he's great. And we will see you in about um, now five minutes. Broadcasting live, weekday mornings, this is listener-supported One Radio Network.